Yes, 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 yes. We back. Another episode, Beer Talks IG Live edition. And I'm so grateful. I'm so honored to be here with another discussion. And today is going to be phenomenal because we get to talk about empowering the youth, mental health, male vulnerability. And then we get to bring a real, genuine, solid individual on this live today, uh, Rasheed Coleman. He's a native of Philadelphia. He's a socialite, he's a videographer, he's an entrepreneur. Um, he's also the founder and CEO of Somebody's Son, which is a phenomenal organization. We'll talk more in details about that. But more importantly, you gotta bring the guy on. And he's a Pisces like me, so I kinda get him. And uh, it's gonna be a powerful discussion. So any questions, let us know. Let me bring him on. What's going there on, man? Go, there you go, what's <laughs> up, bro? I'm all right, man, how you feeling? How you feeling? Uh, I'm good. This is my first ever time doing this outside of gymnastics. So I'm doing all right. <laughs> Let's that. talk about it. Yeah. Where are you? Uh, we, literally, we over in uh, Jersey. So, you know, I live in Philly, but we're in Jersey waiting for her to get done her practice. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to just post up outside, hope these noise-canceling headphones work, and, uh, and just tap in, man. That's it. Man, what's up, man? Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. You know, you got another life outside of the personal life of your father. Um, welcome to Bigger Talks, uh, IG Live discussion. And let's get started, man. You know, uh, you know, you're a phenomenal individual. Let people know who you are, what you're about. And just right, give us a right. quick, you know, rundown on what you do and who you are in general. No, for sure. Uh, Rashid Coleman, like Eric has already said, man. Again, first off, pleasure to be here. Like, I'm excited to be able to talk. Um, in this format with you, um, from Philly, born and raised, I, I say at this point, I'm just like a social entrepreneur and creative. Um, yeah. I've done fundraising, uh, working in a nonprofit space. Um, my degree was in finance beforehand. And then I kind of stumbled, stumbled into my passion. Um, never really ever thought that I would be doing creative work. Never thought that, um, this was even like in my wheelhouse. Yeah, uh, I come from a family of musicians and honestly entrepreneurs, so I guess it was always there, but never really saw how things kind of fit for myself. And here we are now. And so um, just getting into somebody's son, that was honestly started as a result of the fact that I was just really dealing with a lot of depression. I was dealing with anxiety and I had nobody to turn to. Um, right. Nobody that was really, that could really give me any guidance in terms of like, yo, here's what I've been through because nobody talked about it. And it wasn't until I was actually dealing with um, my own issues and I finally told my grandma, and she was like, yo, I've been doing this for years. And I was like, like, why didn't anybody say anything? Like this whole time I'm, I'm thinking I'm in isolation and I had someone who was really uh, near and dear to my heart um, right there that was kind of able to talk me through and walk me through some of what I was experiencing. So that's just kind of, that's me in a nutshell. I'm, I'm a dad of two amazing kids, um, Hendrix and Rumi, man. And um, that's it, man. That's really it. I mean, that's, they, they consume the majority of my life at this point. Um, yeah. we, we both try to get in when we can, some time to ourselves, but it's very few and far between. So it's, it's work, it's kids, and just trying to make sure I can maintain my own peace and sanity. Man. Yeah, man. I mean I mean, I think it's true that, you know, as an individual, when you're juggling so many things, you got to put your mental 
health first, you gotta put yourself first, but in the world we live in, we're all on autopilot, right? We're always doing to get, we don't know how to be present. And sometimes, you know, life takes us out of ourselves. So mm -hmm. I wanna take it back to, to your relationship with your grandmother. What was the steps or the tools she gave you to kind of get over or get through those mental health challenges or when you experienced depression? Like what was her feedback and how did she assist you in those moments? Yeah, so we, me and my grandmother approached it very differently. Um, yeah. my, my family, I told we talked about this, but yeah. my family is very, very spiritual. They're um, very devout Christians. That is, you know, the life that we've all kind of adopted. Um, and in that, her first, the first time we talked about it, it was like, look, just pray about it. And I was like, I've done that. Like, I, I have sat up at night reeling, like, yo, I need something else. Like, I prayed about it. I talked to these people. And those, those are, that was the advice she gave me. I think the best part about my relationship with her is we were able to just have honest conversation. Mm -hmm. And so in that, just having someone who didn't think I was joking, wasn't just trying to dismiss me, wasn't sitting here saying, like, look, I did it this way. You have to do it this way. She gave me the stuff that worked for her. And in that, it was like, all right, you still got to make a decision for yourself. And yeah. so for me, I ended up going to therapy. I ended up talking with other guys that have been through therapy. That was the way that I decided to go about it. But her advice was that, you know, find the tools that work for you. You know, maybe you need to go for a walk. Maybe you need to, you know, meditate a little bit more. I mean, when I was meditating, when I first started, bro, I was, I was doing the chants. I was doing everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, any, anything I could... Anything I get my hands on, I was I was eating it up because I really needed, I needed something, and so that was the best part about that conversation. My experience with her was really just having somebody to talk to that wasn't, that didn't want anything, didn't need anything, that had been through it. And although we chose different routes in terms of dealing with it, um, it was just great to have a listener near and not be force-fed information that honestly would deal with mental health in general, it's not a one-size-fits-all. So yeah. being able to like listen to her, hear what she had to say, and then put my own twist on it was was perfect for me. Perfect. Yeah, and I'll, I always say feedback is motivation, good or bad. But yeah. the fact that you had your grandmother there giving you feedback from her lens, from her perspective, you was able to use what you needed to benefit your soul and your persona. And let's give a shout out to Grandma. What's Grandma's nah, name? Her, uh, her, yeah, nah. Debbie, Debbie, man. Hey, That's grandma, my mama. But... Debbie, man. Yeah. Thank you for pouring into your grandson, man. He's an amazing guy, you know? Sure, man. Prayer, sure. meditation. She said walking. So people listening, you know, take notes. You know, prayer does work. Prayer does help. I pray a lot. I pray before we got on this live, you know? I'm putting prayers in the universe. Meditation. Meditation works. Um, walking good. works. All these little things that we take for granted because because we don't believe it will work or we just don't trust that it's working because we can't see the outcome of it, right? Because right. in the 3D world, we only believe the things we see. I can see the car, I can see the girl, I can see the food, so therefore I have it. But a lot of the most important things in life is the things you can't see, right? right? right. So, you know, I just think that's a beautiful story and that should be, you know, more people should talk about their grandparents and how much value they've created within their lives. Um, so moving forward, um, when it comes to mental health, what do you think as far as a man or, or men in general, what do you feel like our most common challenge is right now in the world that we live in? I would say one, the big, we just actually talked about it, I'm talking about with some of my homies yesterday, is really just having space to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that men, we, 
we walk around a lot of times not even wanting to admit that we got something going on or admit that something is bothering us because we feel like we have to have it all together. We feel like we can't show any vulnerability, no chinks in the armor, because if we do, somebody's going to take advantage of that. And so I think that's the biggest misnomer is that, you know, these are all happening in isolation. It's like, all right, because I'm dealing with it, it's no way these dudes are dealing with the same thing. And so you have a conversation with them and you're like, damn, we're going through the exact same thing. You know what I'm saying? So it's, um, that, I think that's the biggest thing is just we don't have any, any safe spaces. And I, I'm using that word intentionally to really just be ourselves and let our guard down because, because it's, hard, it, it's hard to do that. It's hard to let people in. I mean, even now with, you know, my girl, with, we're talking about certain things that I'm still learning how to still be the most vulnerable version of myself I can be. And Why do you think it's a challenge for us in general? Like, I know, but I want to know from your lens. Yeah, for me, I mean, there's no modeling in terms of that, right? There's no, there was no one that was like, you know what? This is what my experience was, and this is how you can navigate these spaces. So for me, I didn't have my pop growing up. Same, shout out to James. I don't know if he'll hop on here. He's my stepdad. He's who I call my dad. Um, incredible guy to me. Him and him, things didn't work out for my mom, but another story from the day. Um, but even with my, my uncle, when I had my kids, I was like, man, like, I don't know what to do. I don't have mm. any, I have no Hold idea. on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you got to say that word again. Please. Yeah, no, literally, I didn't know what to do. I, 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 was, I was lost completely, and I'm like, I'm calling my mom, I'm calling my, my grandma, I'm calling people. I'm just like, yo, my uncle's, my uncle's been through this. My grandpapa's been through this. But no one hit me to be like, yo, you good? You need, like, it was never there because they, they felt like I had it all together. So for me, I think that that's the biggest part is there's no modeling in terms of like, look, this is what this looks like. So even with my kids, I make it a point to, if I feel like I did something wrong, yo, let me make sure I apologize. Let me make sure that I'm modeling the behavior that I want them to also take on because you can't do it without anyone showing, giving you the tools to do so. Yeah. It's like trying to go out and garden and you don't got no, you, you got nothing to till to, to, to the land. You got right. none of it. You try yeah. to make sauce and you ain't got the right <laughs> ingredients, you're going to mess up. So yeah. I think that for me, I just didn't have, I, I was always vocal. I was always willing to speak my mind and have an opinion. But when it came to really doing the work, I didn't know what to do first. I knew I was messed up, or I felt like I was messed up. I, you know, I had my own things I was dealing with, but I didn't have the slightest clue as it with the first thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So being able to then find that on the back end, monumental, man, monumental. Yeah, and I think it's, I think it's important and imperative for people to listen, who's listening and will listen, is that you said something that stood out. You didn't know what to do. Yeah. And I think as men, we fight with, we should know what to do. We should have the plan. We should know how to do it. We should know how to execute it. And this is who we are. We're men. This is what men do. We get it done no matter how we feel. Great. But the reality of it is you can't know something you have no blueprint for. Exactly. Like you literally just said, you don't have a blueprint or you didn't have the blueprint to be the man, the father, the person. So you learn from trial and error. Absolutely. Maybe you got a little bit of feedback from your uncle or your stepdad, but you still got to live your life for you. And also, you said something earlier about um, creating safe space to let yeah. the guard down, to be vulnerable with your woman, to be vulnerable with yeah. your kids, to be vulnerable with yourself. Like, sometimes we don't even know how to be vulnerable 
with ourselves. Right. Like I realized in the past, because of the abandonment wound, what it did to me was make me abandon myself. Right. Ooh, man. Man. When it comes to like looking out for everybody else. Mm -hmm. Then I realized like, hold on, I'm not even connecting with me, but I'm connecting with everybody else. Right. And so that's learned behavior because that's a survival mechanism to keep the ego, the pattern alive. But this is so important. And that's why I think you're chosen. You're the chosen one. When you say create safe space for men or people of color, minorities, black or brown people, let's, let's dig into and let's get into somebody's son and what's the intentions behind it and how that space and that environment, the intentionality behind it is going to help not only men, but just all people, you know, get, feel better about being their most vulnerable self. Yeah, no, we're going to dig into that. I do, I don't know why this is, it popped in my head while you're talking. That self-sacrificing is going to leave you depleted, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think that's the, that's, the, that's the biggest part now is like, yo, there's no one giving you no award for being self-sacrificing. So right. I hope that people do find a way to make sure that, you know, they tap in with themselves and find out, actually, you talked about it earlier, find out what they need. And, and being okay and being understanding that they're worthy enough to have exactly what they need, too, especially men. Especially yeah. that. But somebody's son, man, yeah, it, it's, a, it's been a passion project for the last, ooh, man, man, passion project for the last, like, three years. Um, started off doing events. Um, the events went well. But for whatever reason, I just felt like the timing wasn't there for me. I knew it was a great idea. Always had the idea. Always had everything mapped out in terms of, like, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. Um, but I feel like the timing has been so perfect now because, I'm ready to go all in. And I feel like going through my own therapeutic journey, going through the stuff that I was going through is, you know, family, friends, relationships. I think that there was a lot that needed to take place first in my own life to kind of clear the path for me to be able to lean into it and show up as my most vulnerable and authentic self. I mean, and in full transparency, this is the hardest period of my life ever. You know what I'm saying? Like ever. But the conversation that we had, bro, where you told me provide value daily was your goal. That resonated with me so much, man. And it's been in my spirit ever since. It's like, yo. Say it again, what you say? Providing provide value daily, man. Like, what oh, value yeah, can I sure. add daily? I wrote it down. I literally think about it every day. And so with somebody's son, I want to make sure that we create a safe space for men of color and eventually uh, for men and women. But I want to start with the fellas because I feel like there's so much work that men need to do to hold each other accountable. Yeah and make sure that, one, we're getting what we need, but that the people that are around us are also filling our cups in a way to where we can show up and be best for everybody around us. So that's why it's been very intentional about making sure that I focus on us, our, the fellas, my brothers, my friends, my little cousins, my, like, hopefully some nephews soon. I hope my <laughs> siblings hear this, because I'm tired of being the one with all the kids. But I just really, like, wanted to make sure that men had a space to go where we didn't have to worry about who was in the room. We didn't have to worry about what their background was. And I don't know how it is in Baltimore, but I feel like Philly is much like this. Like Philly is more of a, it's not about what you do, it's about who you are. And I wanted somebody's son to embody that fully. Like, no matter what walk of life you come from, no matter what you've been through, what you've done, you come here, you good. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can, we can have real honest conversation and we can talk about things that nobody talks about. We can talk about relationships we can talk about parenting lack thereof you know what i mean like our own trauma 
stuff, you know, growing up in single parent homes. I, I wanted that all to be able to come out because it was all stuff that I had to navigate and deal with. And again, I felt like I'm not the only one. So, right. and, it, and it's important because to, to throw acknowledgement on the truth of the environments we grew up in, like you said, you're from Philadelphia, I'm from Baltimore. And so I was the only man in the house, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was just my mom and my sister. So my dad was around, but he was a provider. He wasn't a guider. Right. He bought me things, but he didn't teach me anything. So I had to literally grow up and become the man I wanted to look up to because I didn't have my dad around to kind of see like that. What do you do? How do you do it? And so when you're raised by a single mother who's trying her best, who's, you know, consistently in her masculine energy, right? And she's yeah, doing her yeah. chin, that creates a, a, a barrier and a block with the kids, but also that keeps a blocking barrier with yourself where I don't remember having a childhood, right? I remember just mm -hmm. taking care of everybody emotionally, mentally, being a leader, you know, mm -hmm. taking care of everything the best way I knew how. However, like you said, the self-sacrificing will leave you depleted. Not yeah. talking about it, speaking on your feelings will have you injured inside. And yeah. so with somebody's son, it sparked my interest because I'm so fulfilled that it's somebody like you who wants to do the work. Like a lot of people talk about it, bro. Like everybody talk what they gonna do, like no, 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 no. But who's really doing the work? Like mental health is real. I'm a real mental health advocate. I know people yeah. who contemplated suicide this year. I know yeah. people who are survivors of suicide. Like it's a real thing. I don't wanna just get in it because look at me. So right. I feel like your energy, my energy, and anyone, the collective who wants to be involved, we really can make an impact. We can really shift the paradigm. We can get men to really look at their feelings and their emotions to understand them because if they don't, what they say, hurt people, hurt people. And in the environments we grew up in, we all killing each other because we can't regulate our emotions. We don't have no emotional intelligence. So I think it's so important that you're doing this and that more people should come and we should talk about it more, man. Absolutely, man. I mean, like you said, I was one of those people. I remember yeah. like riding home and I'm just like, yo, I've done everything I possibly can. At least I felt like I did in the moment. Um, mm -hmm. And that's always subjective. But I was like, yo, I'm cool. Like, if this is it and this house got to be, I don't want to do this no more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm just like, man, I'm glad I just ain't give up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm glad I kept pushing because there's so many people that can benefit from hearing not just my story, your story, yeah. but everyone else who's also been a part, been on the same journey to just understand like, yo, there's a million ways to go about this. And at the end of the day, I, I really just want dudes to know like, it's cool. You gonna be all right. We gonna get through this. Yeah. And man, it's a, we were talking about, I, I don't want to see, I don't want to continue to put, you know, I put uh, my partner through some stuff in relationship <laughs> and I really just don't want men to have to keep being the reason that these women got to be so hard by yeah. like that's not even who they need to be you know what right. I'm saying? that's not how they need to be living their life and i don't want to be that type of example for my own daughter for my own son you know right. so it's like yo at some point you gotta grab the bull by the horns and do something and so that's where i'm at in my life currently man i'm, I'm really glad that we was able to connect because i feel like we're gonna be able to really make some magic happen as a result of focusing on the things that are really resonate with us in a, in a much deeper way man. yeah so, you know Speaking on that, let's talk about the youth for a minute because you got two young kids. I met your son. Uh, he's amazing. He's uh, way beyond his years. Very cool, smooth, smart kid. What is your intentions or what is your idea about empowering the youth? Because I know from, you know, people that's in the school district or the education field that there's not a lot of black leaders or role models, right? A lot yeah. of men of color, there's not a lot of men of color 
as advisors, teachers, educators. And so a lot of times life is about relatability. But mm-hmm. what what is your 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 intentions or what is your thought around that? How can we empower more men of color to be role models and be leaders? I mean, of course we gotta start with ourselves, but I really wanna start getting to the school district because in the education field because these kids, these young men and boys and girls are the are the future. No, nah, look, that's a great segue, man. So I think the first thing, not so shameless plug, Summer House Institute is also the work that I do. Yeah. Um, we're just focused on getting more men of color into education. We're looking to also uh, tap into the creative space as well as technology. So our work there is critically important because we always say you can't be what you can't see. Mm. And so if you, want, if you want these kids to grow up and be and do something different, they got to see people being and doing something different every day. You know, you mm. can't sit there and want and tell them that they can be uh, a teacher or they could be a lawyer or a doctor, but everybody they see in their neighborhood doesn't even represent right. that in any shape or fashion. So I think it's about exposure. <laughs> um, it's exposure not just to education, but other ways and walks of life. And so when, when it comes to my kids and what I want for them, we've been very intentional about making sure that they have exposure and opportunities while still letting them understand the privilege that they have to be in those spaces and places because yeah. where they're going and the things that they're doing is much different than the way that I grew up, but that's how it should be. You know, like they should be having different experiences. They should be, they should be able to go and meet different people and travel and see the world. And I think that that changes their perspective and it changes the fabric of who they are because they're able to see, be, and do right. more. And so they get to see people like you. They get to right. see people like Holta. They get to see right. some of my, uh, all the people that I know that are doing amazing things. My kids have access to them, relationship with them, and they get to benefit from the things that we've done. Yeah. I think that it's a shame that in this country, with all the resources that we have, that people have to do things to get their kids into better schools. If they don't have access to certain funds, if they don't have access to certain resources, they don't have access to just the space, their kids are left out. Yeah. And we saw it be, I used to teach, and then I was an administrator, and then being in a nonprofit space, watching the, this, the difference in where my kids were able to go to school, and then the people that they were around, the things they were able to do, it's criminal. Yeah, it's criminal. And so that is what I want them to do. I want them to feel like they have an opinion. I want them to feel like their voices are heard. I want them to feel like if they belong any and everywhere, yeah on this planet because we've done what's necessary for them to have those opportunities. And I, that's the biggest thing for me is I want to make sure that they know that we've literally done everything we could to give them the best shot they can. Yeah. And, and it's important. Like you said something, visibility, right? Mm-hmm. Diversity, you know, culture, like taking them all over places where, you know, they go to the suburb, they go to the inner city. Yep. Um, they can go downtown. Let them see homeless people. Let them see wealthy people. Yeah. Take them in nice restaurants. Take them in fat. Like, you want them to be diverse, right? Yeah. And yeah. also, like you said something as well, you can't be what you can't see, no. right? Like, where I'm from, I'm supposed to sell drugs and be a kingpin, right? Like, I'm supposed to sell dope or I'm supposed to play a sport or whatever. Like, why is that the only narrative for black men or men of yeah. color, right? Yeah. Like, why can't we be doctors? Why can't we be lawyers? Why can't we be professionals? We can't. But yeah. it's not that we're not, it's just that we don't see it, mm-hmm. right? So think about it, right? If if your son sees more black men on TV that wear, let's just say a shirt and tie, or mm-hmm. you see more black men where there's doctors, right? 
whatever he see the most of, he's gonna feel like he can become because he's like, oh, this guy is relatable. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I can be that. And so my goal for my nephews, I got four nephews, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I'm writing books. I'm I'm creating curriculums. Um, yeah. I'm in the health and wellness space. I'm in the mental health space because even if I can't get with them every day, they gonna feel my energy. They gonna see me, right? Absolutely. And Absolutely. when they can see you, they can believe. They can see themselves in you and say, I can do that. Just like yep. your kids look up to you. Yep. They go off what they see, not what they know. So I think it's just very important for us to continue to put out good content like you do with uh, somebody's son. Continue to be a great role model for yourself and for your kids, but also to be authentic, you know, to not be perfect, right? To be yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to go back and talk about the relationship factor for uh, men um, when they're in a committed relationship and partnership. I feel like we failed on women because we even didn't get the nurturing and the love we deserve, or we don't know how to nurture and, and, and give us the knowledge we need ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. unconsciously, we're failing people who love us because we don't know how to love ourselves from a weak place. Only yeah. if we got the money, we got the fame, we got the fortune, we got, you know, we got the looks, whatever it is, material, we feel like we can do. But if we don't have that, some of us don't feel like we're enough. What do you think we drop the ball when it comes to relationship um, in our community or in our environment? I mean, I, I will speak from my own experience. I think that when I started to look back around me and look at the healthy relationships and the relationships that I wanted to emulate, there were none. Mm. There were none. There were none to look around and say, <laughs> hey, you know what? I actually want this. And so kind of like with parents, it was like, I had to build this for myself. And I also started to realize that I wasn't spending enough time around the type of people that I wanted to be. Mm. So if I wanted to be someone who's married, I probably should have started hanging with some of my homies that was married a little earlier, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or people that were in relationships and actually making it work or just starting to emulate some of those practices because, I mean, even now I am petrified of being married and not because I'm scared or think that I can't do it. It's simply because I sometimes wonder like, dang, do I have the tools necessary to be able to show up and be the person not just that I say I am, but that the person, my partner also needs. And so for me, I think there, the, the way that I grew up, it wasn't about being in a long-term relationship. It was, you know, what you, we know what Wayne said. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, 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 it was yeah, about, yeah. It, it was never, it was about, it was more womanizing was put in front of us more than being a good guy was. You know what I'm saying? It was never about, it was never about, yo, this is what you need to be looking for if you want a wife. Yeah. Or this is how you show up and show that you're going to be a partner that is going to be one that shows up for their partner. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I won't put it all on everybody else. I also think that just a lot of – I was about to I was about to get real comfortable. No, a lot of men. A lot of men are just not ready. And instead of just being honest about not being ready, we string people along. We string people along for the ride, hoping that they'll rock out and deal with our bullshit until they get tired of it or until we get tired of it. And it's unfair to everybody involved. And so I think now at 35, I can't believe I'm even saying that, I don't regret much, but I definitely wish I could go back and do some things over. I wish I didn't say certain things or have done certain things because I know – if I know in my mind and my heart that that's not who I wanted to be, but I still just allow the, I don't even know how to really say this, right? I wasn't, I wasn't regulating my emotions in the right capacity. Yeah. 
And I was allowing myself to just react from an emotional place instead of thinking about all the different ways that um, we're going to be beneficial to myself and my partner in the long run. And so it's kind of like you taking that temporary temporary gain or a temporary success for instead of, instead of you know, the long play. And so yeah, a lot of guys just don't have those conversations. And for real, for real, bro, we don't hold our friends accountable all the time. Yeah. We allow people to be on BS. And so we keep doing that and keep allowing bro, it to happen. It just continues going. Then we kick the ball further and, and further down the road. And listen, I, I'll give you a quick story. Everybody listen, really listen in. <clears throat> so I got a good friend of mine. I love him to death, right? Been friend for more than 10 years. And at some point in his life, he was married, right? I knew his wife, right? She knew me. Yeah. She looked out for me at times and supported whatever I had. And so when we would go out, I would see him like, I had to check him. I'm like, bro, what you doing, bro? No, I said, yo, you around me, bro? We ain't doing that. I know your wife. You got me looking crazy. Yeah. Don't do that around me. Boom, fast forward three years. You know, I had an opportunity, you know, to do some things. And they had like a big place. They let me stay with them. I was Airbnb in my spot. And I started yeah. seeing the relationship, right? Like from my view. You know, like, damn. In that moment, I said, I will never judge someone that's in a relationship because I don't know the truth. But they were married. And then yeah. I didn't realize it looked great on the outside, but the inside, oh, it was bad. So not only that we don't we don't hold each other accountable as men and as friends, the friend that's in the, the pain, we don't be vulnerable with our friends. We're like, no, we good, you good. She like, well, whole time you eating shit every day when you go home, right? Absolutely. Like, you're going through so much, but you're not letting nothing out. So we thinking everything fine. And I think at the end of the day, man, it, you know, you get what you get, right? Like, Absolutely. I was raised where my dad, my people were in the streets. My dad always had multiple women, never seen them, married into his later years in life. So that was my IP. That was my blueprint. Yeah. And so I started to get older, like, hold on, man. Like, I don't, it's not even who I am, right? Right. And you have your fun and you do your thing, but at, at the end of the day, you feel empty, right? Because it ain't yeah. really, it ain't yeah. real. It's just for show. And then also we gotta hold these rappers and these artists and these entertainers, you know, kind because of, the stuff they talk about and the music. Yeah. Really unconsciously is programming us as men, right? Absolutely. It's manipulating us unconsciously. So we can say like this and that and this and that, but it's like, bro, you said something, but you ain't being accountable for. It. So what are we right. talking about? You got right. all this power and all this money, but you you ain't standing on what you say you stand on. So what you doing? And I exactly. feel like accountability vulnerability and transparency, bro. Like if we gonna do something, do it. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that oh, be same. Mr. Nice Guy, but I'm saying be real with yourself. Don't bring that around me. I got homies that's in the streets, bro. When I come in town, I <laughs> no, stay away, bro. I can see right. you on FaceTime. Right. So I think <laughs> like I said, uh, that authenticity, that transparency, and just saying like you're not ready for a relationship. You're not ready for commitment. But at yeah. some point you gotta commit to something or you ain't gonna have no commitments, right? Absolutely. No, man, I think too, I think there's also a space in all of this to still allow yourself to have that grace too. I mean, we all we yeah. all make mistakes. We all gonna we all gonna mess up from time to time. None of us are perfect. Um, and I think that as long as you're not if you're intentionally doing stuff over and over again, you know what the deal is. Yeah, yeah. But if you really are putting your best foot forward and you're really trying your best and then, you know, they something happens, that's different. But I mean, I do want to make sure that we still allow uh, everybody to still, my bad, I thought somebody was about to say something, um, still have the opportunity to just 
you know, we all we all fumble. Be human, bro. bro. Like, we all fumble. So I just, yeah, I just, man, that's, just think you know, no one's no one like if if you see it happen five times and you never say anything, it's like you just as guilty as the person doing the thing. Like yeah. certain things, like, like for me, I don't like people who like to bully people because so shit. I want to bully the bully, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But but if you condone it, right? Then what are you saying? So. I just think, like you said, the most important thing just to have a dialogue around it, right? Have mm -hmm. a conversation. Say, bro, I forgive you. I get it. I don't know what it's like to be in that home with your spouse. I get right. why you did that. Right. I'm not saying that you should always do it, but there's another way because you're still damaging yourself. Right. So, and that's why I'm looking forward to, you know, the launch of somebody's son when you have your next event. Do you kind of got like a whereabouts or a date in mind when you're going to do your first or maybe not your first or just the next yeah. event? Yeah, this, is the, this will be the third one third in person yeah i'm leaning towards in in the, the year like december got it uh would love to get some off in december if we can't do it in december then definitely top of the year start the year off on the right foot um or the right foot for me um i think that that's gonna be critically important and hopefully you know we can do something in person man i i just really there's nothing like that space like that being in that space together with everybody having people so many people came up to me afterwards like, yo, I never had anything like this before. I never felt even comfortable enough to talk about this with, with somebody else before. And so I'm just like, man, like being in it and experiencing it, um, it, it really is what makes this worthwhile. It makes all the, the nights where it's like, man, what is, is what is idea land? What is, you know what I mean? What people resonate with, with this information? It makes it all worth it when you get to see everybody in real time. So end of this year, top of 2024 is what I'm shooting for. Um, and, and it's going to happen. Yeah. I'm not even going to say it. Yeah, it's going to stick into existence. Um, I know you probably got to grab your daughter. So no, you, we, before we get we up, got, I, I, got, I got a few minutes. So okay. What yeah. else do you got going on? And, you know, how can people connect with you and get in tune to what you got going on? Because, you mean, you do so many amazing things. Yeah. You're not just, you know, a father that has, you know, different things. But let's, let's talk about it. Yeah, no. Nah, well, first off, somebody's son, I will drop it in the comments so everybody can follow. I need everybody to follow um, the somebody's son page. It's S M B B Y at I mean S O N. So somebody's son. Um, other things I have going on. I mean, like you said, I do photography and videography. So I actually be in Atlanta this weekend at the Unlock for a Four conference shooting. Um, I get to see one of my homegirls down there, Tanika, who's gonna be speaking. Um, and it's going to be a good opportunity. It'll be my se second time here in Rich Paul speak, so that, that's all pretty dope. Um, and then, yeah, man, all my information is on my personal page. I shoot myself. If people need work, please hit me up. I'm out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's it, man. I got some children's books coming out. Um, there's some books um, that will talk about, celebrate some of the differences between kids. Got some coming out, both my kids in it. Um, so really just trying to stay in the lab, man. We got some good work coming out with Summer House doing a college tour uh, starting next year, too. So um, a lot of irons in the fire, man. Really, really hopeful and prayerful that this stuff is going well, will play, play out the way that I see it in my mind. Yeah. Um, but it's been a long time coming, man. It's been a long time coming. So there'll be a bunch of new content coming down to somebody's son page. They're interviewing some, uh, some black guys, older, younger, just getting their perspective on mental health, masculinity, um, words, just words of wisdom that I feel like everybody can benefit from. So a lot of exciting content in my eyes um, coming down the pike. Um, I'm just really excited for people to just get to see all the things that have been in my head for so long. I feel like a, a, mad, a mad scientist right now, just like cooking up in the lab and really excited for everybody to see what's coming up. Yeah, man, I think, I think also, you know, I want to give you your flowers, you know, for not only one, 
being a man of color, but, you know, being a father, you know, being a thought leader and putting energy behind something that's meaningful to you and to other men that can come along because sometimes we always gravitate to the cool shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. like life ain't always cool. Life gets real. Mm -hmm. And I think with somebody's son and everything else you got going on, it's very, it's important for us to know that we have these things out here in the community that can help one another without spending some money or getting bottle service or spending money on dinner. We can yeah. all come connect and talk about these topics, these things, relationships, love, vulnerability, fear, uh, authenticity, mental health, yeah. all these things that we don't get to talk about because we're so in our masculine or we don't want to show nobody our, our real our fears or insecurities. Um, I want to, I got a few more questions, but one question yeah. I want to ask you, like, what does Rashid want from himself moving forward? And what does he want from, um, his family, like within? Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, it's crazy that you ask that. It's, it's pretty simple for me. I just want, I, I literally in a place in my life. I'm like, <clears throat> yo, what if I just gave my absolute best effort to everything? Like, what would that look like? And I'm like, why am I scared to go after that? Why have I been scared to go after that? You know what I'm saying? So that's what I want for myself. Um, it's really just to get the best I have to give to the, t to the time that I'm here. Because I'm like, yo, I'm 35. This flew by. 35 yeah. more is going to fly by dumb fast. So yeah. I want to just make sure that I'm living my life the most authentic way I possibly can, that I'm doing more good than harming the spaces and places that I'm in. And for my family... The same thing, man. I really just want them to see that I did everything that I said I was going to do. And so the what it, it, it almost made me shed a little tear, man, another day with my daughter. I'm sitting there talking to Rue, Rumi, my son. And she's like, well, listen, daddy promised you, so you know he's going to do it. <clears throat> like, it's already ingrained in their minds that if I promise that we're going to do something, it's going to happen. And so that's the biggest thing for me to be able to hang my hat on is like, they know that if I say it, I'm going to do it. Come hell or hot water, whether I want to or not, whatever space I was and I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to find a way to get it done. Right. And so that's something that I want for my family, man. And just for them to be able to live their lives in their, in their most authentic way. Like, I don't want them to live a life where they feel like they got to make me happy or do things that I want them to do. I would much rather them feel fulfilled and happy with the lives that they're leading. And that, that's really it, man. I just really want to put my best work out here and yeah. that's from a personal level professional level as a dad as a partner i just really want to be my best and that's what i'm i'm working for. yeah you just add value every day you know every day man i'm telling you every day <clears throat> what do you think you say you know you ask yourself like you want to put your best self forward why do you think there's a challenge there or a block for you just in general uh, i don't think it's a block or a challenge i think it's just doing things with the same excitement that I said I was going to do. So like getting up at five in the morning, I do not want to get up at five in the morning, most likely because I'm up till one, two o'clock. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, yo, I want to, that's something I'm like, I have to get up earlier. I was like this morning, I think I woke up at six fifty. I was like, okay, I'm getting closer. Cause I, I'm not a morning person. I'm up all night. So I'm like, all right, if I can get my stuff done, but I'm still getting everything I want to get done in the day. I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm starting to get more comfortable with, doing things in a way that Rashid functions best right. and not with someone <laughs> said they get up at five o'clock. So I need to get up at five. No, I'm up till two. So I'm gonna wake up at seven, bust all yeah. my stuff out. And then, you know what I mean? 
get it get it in the way I need to. So I think that's the biggest part, just really doing things in a way that makes me feel good and being okay with that. Like my journey has been different. Why yeah. would it be any different? Why would it be any different now? <laughs> yeah, you gotta follow. You gotta follow your flow and your your soul's assignment. You know, everybody's on different platforms. You chosen in different ways, and I always tell people like, don't. You know how people say, I want, I want to be like you. Yes. You don't want to be like me. You don't want my problems, and I don't want your problems. Absolutely. Just and I like tell you. my, I tell my my little my younger. They're not even really my siblings, but Jalil is a little younger than me. He used to always tell me like, yo, I wanted to be just like you. And I was like, be better. Like right. just. Be better. better. Be better, bro. Yeah. I don't want I want you to be one yourself, but I also want you to be way better than I ever was. Because right. what are we doing? If we if you just like me, we're not getting yeah. nowhere. I need yeah. you to take it a step further. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's what I want them for them all the time. Well shit, man. Let everybody know where we can follow you on. You know, I follow you on all accounts. You got somebody's son. Now which somebody son. For somebody oh, it's at SM. I'm about to type it in right now. S-M-B-D-Y-S-O-N. I couldn't get the regular one. Somebody somebody took that. But, yeah, it's down there. And then my personal page is just Rashid.Marcel. It's just my name, man. I was going to change it. But I was like, you know what? I want. Marcel. What's that about? It's a middle name? It's my middle name. I was just telling Sean we in the car. My mom made all of our middle names wrong. It's crazy. So. I'm like, my mom is Nina Rochelle, my brother Julian Terrell, and then, yeah, I'm Rashid Marcel. So I love it, though, man. Makes me makes me feel like more of an artist. There you go. <laughs> Rashid Marcel, sound like a singer. Uh, can you leave us with some words of wisdom, man? Like, you know, give us man, some words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Uh, do it afraid, man. I think that that's something that, like, if you ask my kids what's the one thing that I tell them all the time is I'm scared when I do just about anything. Like, um, Even when I used to hoop, before I made that first basket, before I touched the ball after tip-off, I never felt comfortable. And once, once you do something, and once I started to get into that motion, whether I was scared or not, it didn't matter. I was, I was on. And lights was on, I'm locked in. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is we're all going to feel something. We all going to feel nervous. We all going to feel like people might not be receptive to it. But whatever it is, whatever your thing is, do it. Do it scared. Do it happy. Do it sad. But do it. Just do it like night. Huh? Like night. Just do it, man. Just man, that's it. what's up. Well, look, we got to do something together sooner than later. God willing, we're going to make that happen because I'm definitely on board for somebody's son. And I just want to, like, build conversations and relationships around that so we can, you know, get to the real healing and we can provide, you know, humanity with more value. So Absolutely. I just want to say thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy and your authenticity. And, uh, Man, have a beautiful night. Get your young lady, little oh, girl. It, and uh, we'll connect soon, man. And um, it's miracle season, man. Somebody, son, follow him on all accounts. Let's Hit him up. It. He's a videographer, photographer. He got the eye of a tiger. He, he got Listen. it. And um, he's an incredible <laughs> person. So, um, Rasheed, thank you, brother. We'll talk soon. It's been Absolutely. an amazing interview. And uh, see you around. Thank you, bro. And I got to give you your flowers, too, man. Yo, want to... We met, we talked that one time and it's been up ever since, bro. So yeah, yeah. just want to tell you, man, I really appreciate you. Yeah, your energy is palpable, man. And honestly, I, I, I mean it sincerely, bro. I wouldn't be going as hard as I was if it wasn't for that conversation you had. So yeah. I'm grateful for you, man. And I just want you to know that. Bro. Thank you, man. I got yeah. you, bro, because I see you. When I say see you, I see you like I'm your brother, but I don't even know you. We got different mothers, but you got something. You got that it, yeah. right? With, with the somebody's son and everything else you're doing. And, 
it's just motivating. So I just want to empower more black men, you know, because I feel like we got to do that. It ain't about who got more, who got less. It's about, I see what you got. Let me see how I can add and help it out. So, I appreciate you, man. Yeah. For real, bro. All right, we'll talk soon, All man. All right, man, be great. All right.